welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 427. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me here in Las Vegas. UFC on ESPN 45 Fight Week. We'll talk about all that, but have seen you in a while, man. It was a rare non-USC <laughs> week. I feel like if I don't see you for the weekend, it's been like forever, man. Memorial Day, got to kick it, hang yeah. out. What, what, anything crazy going on? No, uh, and you know, and actually, this Memorial Day, uh, I actually did like the opposite of like what you usually see on TV because everybody now is always like, "Oh, you got to have cookouts, celebrate, do all the other kind of stuff." So I actually did more of like the actual like real like Memorial Day stuff. So I actually found a Memorial Day ceremony that was at like Lake Las Vegas oh, or whatever. Wow. It was put on by a uh, a couple different Foreign Legions group, and like I had a, a con- Congressman Susan Lee was out there. Um, and Did some other you? people, but yeah, they actually, actually had a like little the stuff. spirit of yeah, the holiday. Yeah, it was like it was like the what it was really supposed to be, you know, like you know, because there's like, and the guy had a uh, the way he phrased it was good, you know, Veterans Day is when we honor all of our vets, mm-hmm. you know, living whatever anyway that sort of served. Um, Memorial Day is for those that actually have came, but that actually have paid the ultimate price. Lost you know, you know, there's uh, there's Armed Forces Day. There's other days where it really is sort of like that. Uh, you know, thank you for your service, celebration sort of one. So not that this one needs to be the, oh, you know, somber, but it is more of a somber one is no, what it was initially yeah. was sort of about. Um, and even though, you know, and that's part of the reason, you know, the day off. that It wasn't about they wanted to give us a day off to – celebrate and cook out and all the other good stuff which is a great way to spend it you know you know because a lot of those freedoms were were paid for by the people that actually gave their lives and stuff so it was just interesting but this this year i was like dude i want to do it right i was like i want to you know try to find something and unfortunately when you look for memorial day events in vegas uh, most involved it's DJs like, and parties was, at pools say, and like stuff. Discount strip club yeah. admissions. Was, and I <laughs> found the one the one <laughs> option that was not uh, was at the you know sort of that Lake Las Vegas, and it was an interesting story. You know they were talking about you know so they they have the um, you know um, different ROTC groups, and they had these people coming out and they're presenting some different things, and then they have the they go out in this pontoon and they lay this wreath of flowers into the into the lake. And eventually they collect it up, but part of that's just for those that are passing and stuff. So it was really, really it was a it was a, it was cool. It was about an that's hour and nice. a half and stuff. But yeah, that started the day, and then it was like it just kind of made the day sort of reflective. Then I came back and just kind of hung out and enjoyed the weather and stuff. But yeah, so I ended up having since we didn't have a fight on Saturday, I had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and had Tuesday off. So I had wow. four days off. I didn't know what to do with myself. Wow. I was like, this. So today is was your crazy. first day back to work. Yeah. Wow. You know, even yesterday, I thought I was supposed to work, and I, I was like, wait, am I off? And I looked on the calendar. I was like, well, shoot. And I was like, all right, let's do some stuff. So I ended up going out walking and just exercised a bit, and then I took a little nap and then got up and did it again. So I've just been doing that, just trying to um, – you know, still trying to go to the gym, do well. Besides nice. the days that uh, I have to go out and drink to to make sure that the gold the the golden nights. Wow. You know, I mean, uh, clearly <laughs> your charm of going and getting hammered during the golden nights games is working, it or, is or working. maybe not getting hammered, maybe just having a few frosty beverages. But and, and I always wake up so. with a hang a hangover, a bit of a headache. Oh, so, it's, but it's yeah, it's not like I'm getting like wasted. I'm just like, am I that out of yes, it? Yes, we're just we're just getting older. <laughs> that happens. Getting old, the, like, the functions aren't there anymore. Boy, I'll tell you though that because the, the first night when I was at the the Keg West when they had the the titties lighting up, that was a tequila. <laughs> that was a massive tequila night. The other night was just beer, and then I had one tequila at the end of the night. But I still the next day I woke up and I was like, Ugh, 
I just felt like the whole that whole day was just shot. Well, now you got to keep it going through the finals, well, baby. For you the finals, I would do it. You know, because it's funny because they had a 3 and I was like, okay, you made your statement about how they won because of you. I was like, ha, ha, ha. So then I was like, I stayed home, and then they lost. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go out. And then I was like, oh. I was like, maybe I'll just go buy a bottle of tequila. And then I was like, oh, that shit's expensive. And I was like, <laughs> well, you got PBR in the fridge. Just drank the PBR in the fridge. Right. So that, and then that didn't work either. I was like, oh, my God, what do I need to do? And then that's why when it came to game time, I was like, just get out of the house. I was like, go walk. So I walked to the bar around the corner. And sure enough, they scored like immediately. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> God I'm <laughs> locked in for the finals yeah. now. And then for them to end on 6-0, they skunked them both nights and went out drinking. And I'm just like, I mean. Well, it there looks wasn't like I know a sign- we're going to be on Saturday night. <laughs> well, unfortunately – yeah, I'll be somewhere Saturday. Um, they're going to try to put the game on uh, while we're over there, but uh, unfortunately, we're going to be at the UFC. Well, you might have to kindly explain to them why I have to leave. Why, well, oh, why I have to drink in the yeah. room? <laughs> I wasn't going to say leave. I mean, obviously, you have some work to do. But you're like, listen, here's the thing. I, this, I, I, this don't is not pay for attention me. to this flash. This, yes. yeah, this, this is not for me. This is for the city. Okay, this is for the city. This is for the city. <laughs> I'm putting it on for my city right here. I hope you understand. Yeah, no, we're going to try to have the game on. Hey, listen. Uh, I, I and I, I will always preface this by saying that I am if not I brought the biggest a flask. Would you drink? Would you do a shot? No, absolutely uh, not. Okay. I, you know me. I, I mean, I wouldn't either. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything. Well, like that. No, it's not about professionalism for me. It's just, I, <laughs> yeah, you know me, man. Once I get going, uh, we uh, going. That's true. That's we going. True. Uh, but yeah, you know, look, there's way bigger hockey fans than we are by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. I can count on one hand the number of regular season minutes I watched this year. So I'm not, sure. I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon and be like, yeah, let's go, all of our Golden Knights fans. We're in this yeah. together. <laughs> but uh, nah, you want to see your team it win? It is fun. Right? It's, it's very cool. It, it's our team. I've lived yeah. here since 2008, man. So it's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see our city. Excited. Boy, what a run they're on, man. Crazy. It is unbelievable. This is what sixth year, and this is their second time back to. The the finals. It's nuts. But it's ridiculous. It, look, uh, it's, okay, great run for us. Talk about being a Miami sports fan right now. Have you seen that? The, I mean, uh-uh. they're going to alternate hockey and basketball final oh, games right, on all the nights. The way the schedule right. lines up, they're literally, and I can't remember if it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or whatever, but they're literally going to have to go like NBA finals one night, NHL finals the next. NBA finals the night after that, NHL finals the next. It's crazy, wow. man. So uh, I, I don't know how many. You know, Miami sports fans got the kind of budget to, to get into the finals games night after night after night. But uh, yeah. pretty cool time, to, even as you're just watching on TV, right? Yeah, little Havana is like, what's this? What's going off, on? <laughs> popping off. Hopefully, there's nobody in your situation where they feel like they got to go out and get drinking for oh, every night of the uh, for both teams. Well, there's always somebody down there. That's funny. I'm well, sure there would be. I'm sure there would be. Finals will be kicking off on uh, on Saturday night, so we'll be watching that here in Vegas while we're at the USC Apex for USC on ESPN 45. We'll certainly talk about that momentarily. Did want to give a quick shout-out uh, to everybody that was a part of Fury Professional Grappling 7. That was our Memorial Day weekend spent out in the Philadelphia area. We did have uh, some troops on hand to kind of help give the honor. We had the, That's cool. the we had the colors of all, all the armed services up on our on our display. So yeah, we I try to lean like, in Because when they bit. walked out, didn't you have a couple that were standing on the stage? We did, yeah. I, I thought I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Kind of a nice little yeah, touch. You know, just kind of lean into cool. the military a little bit. Yeah. Uh, main event, Joe Pfeiffer did beat Gerald Mershart, which, to be honest with you, boy, man. he made that look easy. Boy, well, maybe I, not easy, but. Easier than I thought Easier it would than be. Easier than I thought I, it would I, be. I, I, Gerald stepped in on short notice, of course, yeah. but um, man, I you know I, Joe Pfeiffer beforehand was saying, "Listen, man, I know this is a grappling event, and I know that this is you know I've already beat Gerald in in a, in a mixed martial arts contest." He's like, "But I didn't know this. When we needed a replacement, 
Joe Piver actually reached out to Gerald and asked him if he wanted to come do it. He helped actually get him on as part of the event oh, because wow. he wanted to show. He said, he said, I have so much skill for Gerald's uh, grappling game. You know, he's, he's number five all time on the list of submissions in the yeah. UFC. And, and he said, you know, I, I want to know, show people that I can grapple with him. And I think that'll make a statement not only, you know, just here in a grappling event, but let people in the UFC know that my grappling is better than most people think it is. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, I walked away from that. I was flying in uh, the day before the event, and I was looking at some betting odds, and Joe actually was a slight favorite was he? over Gerald Murchard going in there. And I, and I was texting the guys, I'm like, Am I crazy? Does this seem wild to you? Like, shouldn't Gerald be the favorite here? I mean, you know, maybe people are putting too much stock into this mixed martial arts contest. That's that had to be. That's had what to be I that. think. But had to be that. Man, but you got it done. Because I assume most of them probably saw it and they're like, "Well, it's an MMA fight, so I'm sure that they grappled in that fight." You know, I'm sure they, you know, went to the ground or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was, it was almost like. It was like, eh, we're buddies, and I have respect for him, but I'm just going to beat him down one last time. So he, there's no doubt in his mind. <laughs> Everybody knows I am the better knows guy. that I am the better man. Um, but it was great afterwards, too. There's a lot of respect shown. I liked mm -hmm. how they did the post-fight interview, and they actually kind of talked to both of them there uh, simultaneously or one after the other. Um, I forgot that that was the main event because like, I watched it, and I was like, okay, what's next? And then they're like, well, that – and then I saw the show wrap, and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I didn't pay attention to what the, the name was or whatever, but I thought it was a good show from what I saw. It was fun. We did uh, – yeah. Andre Petrovsky and Bill Algio both fell victims to straight ankle locks, so a couple of USC Were they veterans. early on? Because I don't remember if I saw that They were the co-main and the one before us. So okay. you literally just tuned in for the main event. No, I turned I, – I think it must have been right before right before that, I think, because yeah, I remember yeah. I turned into it, and I was like – and then I started searching because I was like, oh, shit. I was like, when was the Bane fight? You know, and I looked down, and then next thing I know – Piper and them are walking out, so maybe I did kind of glass over the that that main the the Comey. the Ben the Bane Davis experiment was uh, yeah. it was interesting it was fun I had fun obviously I'd worked with them before we had worked together uh, you know at the event down in Columbia and I'd obviously I'd worked beside him in media rooms as well so yeah. it was fun to see how much he embraced the opportunity and how much he embraced the moment. Um, the moment didn't last very long. It went 13 yeah. seconds. And a lot of people were actually kind of critical of Brad Bolton, but it turns out – so here's what happened behind the scenes that nobody really knew about it. And I'm not revealing anything that we haven't all talked about. Brad and Ben and I obviously ended up having a frosty beverage together <laughs> afterwards and kind of talking about it. But Brad, I guess, earlier in the week had actually t tweaked his ankle a little bit by s while setting up some mats. And uh, I guess Ben grabbed that ankle, and, and, and Brad kind of panicked a little bit. And he, like – he wanted to drag it out a lot longer and kind of make it the most painful submission he could come up with, but he said, honestly, he just kind of panicked a little bit and grabbed it. He's so used to it. He grabbed it, and it was over in 13 seconds. So I'm torn on it because on the one hand, like, we could have had some more drama and maybe some more funny moments and some more, you know, little opportunities here and there. But on the other hand, on a white belt challenge as a black belt, they probably shouldn't last longer than about 13 seconds. Yeah, but they, he should have got him out with, like, a rear naked, like, put him, like, let him almost go to sleep and let him tap, but like to like take his ankle out. Like, well, it was you, a straight ankle lock, so no ligament could, damage. I mean, no, you still you could still fuck his ankle up. <laughs> if you heard something pop, something was happening. You know, that was kind of a uh, I don't know, I don't know. It is what it is, but yeah, you figure like he could have easily just let it go, reposition stuff. Because what's Ben gonna do? Like you said, it's a white belt. The guy grabbed his ankle, so. Right. <laughs> so still could have played with him, probably choked him out, and I think that would have been funny, like having somebody suffocate Ben, because then he could have made a bit out of it or something but still uh from what you said the numbers of people when you guys shared the video 
is absolutely ridiculous. 775,000 views on the UFC Fight Pass Twitter account alone. That's crazy. It's nuts. That's crazy. I mean, for for whatever sort of experiment, whether it's a, a passing experience or a failed experiment, that right there alone shows like it was fun. That worked. It was it fun. Worked out. Yeah. It was fun, and it was it was Ben's idea. You know, he was the one that made the challenge, and I think it, as he would say through th- to us through the course of the week, he was like. I kind of played a game of chicken and lost. He's like, I thought maybe y'all would be like, nah, I'm good. And instead, y'all were like, send me location. Let's go. But I mean, the fact that he, he went up and did it. I mean, like, yeah, he could have easily. Deserves went, a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, they could have easily, when they said, okay, we'll call your bluff. Here's, you know, send us the time. He could have been like, well, guys, you know, I was just fucking with you. To his so credit. follow through, man. To his credit, credit. They asked him for uh, his information instantly. He sent a driver's license with all his information on it and a location and that sort of thing. And then, uh, and I was not involved in any of this, but I heard the story secondhand. The, they sent him the contract, and it was like, well, we got, you know, you got to sign a contract, too. Yeah. Instantly signed the contract, like, sent it back, like, within seconds. So That's awesome. He did, man. Yeah, he, good for him. He deserved credit. Didn't necessarily go his way, but. Hey, uh, he made it 13 seconds longer than I would have. He did. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because he was frustrated afterwards, and he had, like, a rocky robe, and he, uh, he threw it in the trash. <laughs> uh, but, but, I was wondering what that was because I was like. Who the fuck threw a flag away? I was like, that's oh, so disrespectful. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. I was no, like, no, no. It was a rocky robe. It was yeah. a rocky robe. I didn't even think about the fact that it really was kind of like an American flag. I mean, it is an American it flag It looked like an American flag. And I was on like, Memorial Day weekend. I was oh, like, my gosh. I was that, like, what that is part that part didn't even cross about? my mind. Oh, my gosh. No. So it was just the tie of the, of the robe. Yeah. But it was hanging out of the trash. Like, he didn't mean to leave it that way. I just I happened to walk by the trash can and saw it. And I'm like, come on. This is this is funny, dude. Yeah. Like, you, you know, here were the hopes and dreams. Just <laughs> <laughs> Into the trash. So, anyway, it was a fun event, man. I always do enjoy those events, um, and I and I look forward to more of them. I know we got some more grappling dates set up for the rest of the year, so uh, looking forward to that. So that was fun. Uh, all right, listen. Like I said, we'll preview UFC on ESPN 45. I did want to get your thoughts though on the Ultimate Fighter because I yeah. know you did watch it, and I, I do feel like a lot of people are talking about it right now. And I don't know how long that uh, buzz will last. I mean, I think you get Conor McGregor involved in something. You get Michael Chandler involved in something. People at least want to see the start of it. I don't know how long they'll stay on it. I'll just be honest with you. I'll end up watching the whole thing. I, I like watching everything and consuming yeah. it all. But, um, this man, I'll I was, probably watch. I was pretty I entertained. I, I was pretty entertained. You know, I was wondering, you know, like obviously I, I knew the show was going to put like their best foot forward for the first episode, you know, you know, because I – from what we had heard, um, like, well, to behind the curtain, whatever, is that as the show progressed, Connor's timeliness was very, very bad. You know, he was showing up late for practice and other sort of stuff. And then we didn't get any of that sort of feel in watching this particular show. What I did, one of the things I remember kind of picking up on was interesting is that first different sets of, uh, like, workouts with the guys. It first made it point one point where it looked like it was, like, the same workout, I thought. and But then I saw, like, two or three different outfit changes from Connor. I'm like, are they piecing together multiple outfits or, you know, workouts just to make it look like they had one proper workout before this fight or oh, whatever. No. Um, but I but even, then I was I like, I was like, I was like, let me get, I was like, maybe I need to go back and look at it. I was like, maybe I'm looking too much, but it was just in the sense of the time they made it seem like they went to the gym and were like training that particular night. And I was like, wait, he's on like his third outfit or whatever. I was like, this is weird, whatever. Um, but what was cool. And I thought was, um, Connor was saying all the right things, you know, mm-hmm. at least initially. That he seemed very into it. Um, you could tell that there was heat bubbling underneath the surface between him and Chandler. And apparently some of the stuff that we heard, you know, off to the side was that, you know, there was even more stuff that was, you know, 
cut on the, the, the cutting room floor of other statements that would have made it seem like it was much more tension. But I, you definitely could feel the tension between the two of them. Um, but the, the stuff that Connor was saying to his fighter was very motivational. Same with Chandler, obviously, was saying the right things. Um, you know, we kind of knew that Chandler had all the vets, and we knew that Connor had all the prospects, even though it wasn't set it up wasn't initially set up to that be way. that we way. Didn't but know it that, just yeah. kind of worked out. But there were really only two choices. Right. That's it. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, well, you pick the lightweights and you pick pros or prospects. The other guy's going to the other one, and then the other guy got the pick. You're right about that. Like, that was almost a miss to me. Like, there's really not much choice here. Like, yeah. hold on, it's one or the other. So, I, But I will say what I did like was the whole seeding situation, right? Because it's, yeah, that you know, was like, different. I'm going to rate like my that. guys, and that's how these matchups are going to come together because I feel like it's less like whoever has control of the board is trying to pick the best stylistic matchup over yeah. their other guy. Like, I know my guy's a great grappler, so I know this guy that they have is a really good striker, but it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's none of that. It's now just, how, you know, how did our things come in? To me, I think that makes the tournament almost like a little bit more fair. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's it's not random so much because it yeah. is seeded, but it's not like that control of the board picking the fights. And so that aspect of it, I liked. I hope I hope they keep that moving forward. To yeah, and what was interesting though, because it was kind of funny because you talk about the seeding, like Chandler was like, you know, even when it was kind of like the mindset of picking the one, the four, it's like even though I'm picking you as like a number four, doesn't mean you're like the low guy or whatever. He's like, I'm just picking – a sort of place or whatever, but the fighters are seeing it. And like when they got to pick number one, they're like, obviously they see I'm the top choice. And right. They're thinking, right. and I'm like, well, somebody's on the different page or whatever. But, you know, obviously I think there's even some gamesmanship with that too. Like if they knew that the four was going to go up against the ones, you know, okay, well, do you sort of play the numbers a little right, bit? Right, right. You know, like I'm you, pretty sure that's going to be their one guy. Yeah. So I think my four guy could beat that guy. Yeah, and then, and then, and then you, two and three is just th two and three, three and yeah, two, whatever. Yeah, so I mean, right? I think even with that, that sort of ranking, I think in their mind they probably didn't go in there thinking, okay, this is my number one guy. Obviously, I think he's got the best chance to win. All this guy's maybe not the best chance, but I think he's solid. I'm going to put him at four. I think probably in some of the ranking they were already thinking in mind, like who's Connor's, who's Connor's number one guy going to be? Who do I want to go up against that that's going to give mm -hmm. him a tough challenge or whatever? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought that, you know, obviously um, – the show, the show's the show. You know, the, it's yep. got a certain production value about it. Um, you want to kind of see how, how the relationship between the fighters, the interaction between the coaches and the fighters. That was always going to be the big question for me was the when it came down to the coaching styles. Yeah, we finally got to see the coaches. We can, well, we knew who the coaches were, but to see the coaches there to actually interact with them, um, I thought that the 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 crew that Chandler brought was just studs. I mean, I'm, I'm I like the people that they brought with them. Connor, you know, obviously brought people close to his camp and, the, and been the other stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy that's been his boxing, the, the boxing, the striking guy was probably the oldest of all the coaches, but this is the guy that's been with Connor for a long time. Yep. So there's a lot of loyalties being shown on Connor's side, whereas you could definitely see where Chandler, I think, was trying to pick guys that were friends with him, but also guys that were killers in what they particularly do. They brought his normal striking coach, but then he brought Drysdale, who's an absolute beast. And then you bring Bader, which won, as well as being a, a great wrestler, a good striker, but he's also a guy that was a champion in an organization, and he's already been in, and in the, the ultimate UFC. fighter. Yeah, and an ultimate On fighter champ. On top of that, too. So, I mean, it kind of worked out pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> I think even if they would have just had the plan at the beginning to give – Connor the prospects and Chandler the vets, it would have still worked out. But the way that – until Dana said it at that point, that was like the first time you heard them, like at least for me, heard them say vets versus prospects. Right, right. Normally that shit would be bannered on, on the banner. It would be whatever. You know, it was just Con McGregor versus Chandler. 
tough, true, tough, whatever. Not the heavyweights. Not the, the heavyweights. Yeah. Versus, you know, like that. So the yeah. Combat. So I mean, I thought it was just interesting. So when Dana come out and he was like, you know, hey guys, welcome to Tough Three One, Vets versus Prospects. I was like. Okay, well, you're laying it out right there. I was like, why are we just now? I'm like, we kind of knew that's what it was after the fact, but I didn't remember seeing any sort of marketing because I think that could have been something they could have marketed better. So I'm pretty interested in seeing you know? how this all thing – I agree, and I'm pretty interested in seeing how this all played out. First thing, one of the things you said is the coaches – that was one thing that struck me right away was, dude, it even seemed like from their opening exchanges, I'm like – these dudes are going to annoy the piss out of each other over this year, dude. Oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's just that that little tension. They kept They're, talking over each they other. They kept talking over each other. You know, Michael Chandler, obviously a very well-spoken guy. He's obviously – he's never going to just be quiet. You know, some guys, if you start mm -hmm. talking, they'll just kind of be quiet and sit down. No, no, he's always going to have a retort. Meanwhile, Connor's one of the best speakers in the history of the sport, at, at least in terms of, yes, he's always got that quick wit, and he's definitely not – he's going to talk over you. Like, even if, yep. even if he's just repeating the same word and screaming at you, he's not going to back down. So I think over the course of the season, they are really – really going to get on each other's nerves. So I'm anxious to see that and see how that plays out and builds to what we hope is a fight. You know what I mean? I still have faith that it's going to happen. I know a lot of people have doubt. That light heavyweight fight? I believe you yeah. Poor Chandler's going to gain 50 well, pounds. Wherever they go, man, heavyweight, whatever it may be. So I'm I'm, I'm anxious to see that. I think the, the, the coaching dynamic is going to get worse. But I will say, and you touched on it, because we had heard from multiple different people that, hey, by the way, filming this was a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a challenge at times. Yeah. And when Connor no-shows the first weigh-ins, I really didn't think they made much of it. It was just like, well, here's the yeah. weigh-ins. Oh, Connor's not here. Okay, let's cut over here. Not like, huh, let's go. So I'm anxious to see how that plays out. And I do wonder if maybe the dynamic works out good because with Connor controlling the, 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 the prospects, maybe the prospects are going to be a little bit more like, well, that's Connor McGregor. So, dude, I'm not saying nothing. Like, I'll just work with his coaches. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get – Whereas maybe, like, I wonder if the veterans – now, again, we're, we're going to see how much they show anyway, but, like, I wonder yeah. if it had been the vets and that happens, you know, coach isn't here. Now, we don't know how much well, – again, we've heard some sessions were delayed. We've heard yeah. some sessions were rescheduled, whatever. You know, maybe if it's the veterans, maybe they are a little bit more like, hey, man, you know, I know you're the big star, but, like, I'm here. This is my second shot. I don't need you messing with me yeah. and my opportunity. If they were underneath him. Right. Whereas, I bet they were chirping anyways, you know, off to the side. I mean, I heard that they were very – I mean, for the most part, there wasn't a lot of crazy heat between the two. Like, you know, all the young prospects were, you know, definitely in the house from what we were getting from the day that we had the media day. Like, that, they were the boisterous ones. They were the loud ones. They were the messy ones. The vets just – had their heads down and were kind of doing the work. They, they know what's at stake. They knew what they they know what's at stake. Exactly. They knew where they're trying to get back to. I could see where they could use a moment of some of the stuff going off to if they really wanted to, they could use that to get under the heads of the guys. But I don't think they probably use that opportunity because one, they understand what a that it's a it's a it's no fault of those fighters what's being done to them. So I think there was probably a part of them they're like kind of feel bad for the guys. I'm not going to kick them when they're down because they're over here trying to get trained, but they have to hold off on training sessions because their coach won't show up, right. you know? So, I mean, I could see where, you know, if it was maybe just other prospects, they probably would have gave them shit, but I think the vets were probably better about it. But you're right. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, did the UFC uh, do Connor a, a square and, and make him not look bad by showing up at the weigh-in? They sure did. You know, they definitely – that's why I felt like for that – at least that first episode. real quick, bro. Really We quickly. just kind of moved on. Like that whole first episode, it was like, let's put the yeah. best foot forward. Where's Everybody's going to look know. really good. All right, no big deal. Let's yeah. move on. You know, he's out shopping for new clothes to wear to the training <laughs> sessions, you know, or something. I mean, I'll give him that. He showed up to the fights looking good, you know, yep. and, and all the other shit. And he said the like, right things after the fight as well, yeah. man. You know, he's, And you can see he got into it because, yeah. like, when his fighter lost – uh. As much as Connor now is an actor, uh, 
you could see that that was real. He was upset when his guy lost. He's competitive, you know, and, man. And, and he feels and, for them, I think. And I think he felt for them as well, you know. And I think this is a guy that he liked too. Um, so like that was real for me. Like so, I was like, okay, cool. You know, he he's maybe not there as much as he could have been, but when he's there, he's engaged, yep. and, that, and that's as much as they can ask and hope for. You know, he's going to give the words of his wisdom, and as long as he's engaged and he's giving them the the his one hundred percent when he's there. They're, they're going to get out of it what they, they need. And honestly, the prospects, I mean, they love the mindset. I mean, like, they're here. And the fact to be under the biggest star of the sport, you know, that's got to be pretty darn cool. That's so it. I think they probably understand that, yes, there's going to be some things that aren't going to fit the normal that they expect. But that's a he's a global superstar. That's it. And you can learn and, something. And you can and, learn and, something. And he's it. got that singular mindset so and they teased a little bit in some of the clips like you could see that there there was it looks like there's a couple dinners or something that he's hanging out so you know we've only seen the very beginning of the shit so it's hard to make an an overall statement and say oh connor was absent for so much as long as he made do of the times the times he's there and it looks like he has some good bonding moments that we're just that we're going to be seeing soon um so it should be interesting it should be interesting but boy seeing those two side by side the the size difference is just glaring. It's 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 huge. Yep. It's huge. Yep. And then for him to come in, you know, oh, I'm gonna do the one eighty five, and you can see Chandler's like, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, okay, yeah. Like I just I just want it to happen. He's like, he's like, oh, we can maybe do it. You'll do what you're told. I'm like, crazy oh, man. I, I, listen, I'll be watching. I know. Con- con- listen. Connor, obviously, biggest star in the sport. Chandler, somebody that we've been following his career from Bellator yeah. days till now, and he's a great dude to be a part of. So I'll be watching. And I know, as you said, the show's a show, and I see a lot of people that are just like, I just can't watch anymore. And I get it, but I'll be honest, like, I just watch everything, so I'm down for it. Like, yeah. MMA is my sport, so I'm going to watch it. Like, I, I get it. I did see a complaint. Um, Good thing they didn't put all the episodes on there. You would just watch them I'd have been, all already been all done. <laughs> I've been all done. I'd have binge-watched it all last night. Um, I, I did see a complaint that a lot of people say that, you know, it's it's frustrating because you knew based on the time of the show that, like, the fight was going to be, like, real soon. Uh, like, real short, I should say. Well, that's just us being smart, I think, as viewers. Yeah. Like, but I thought the same thing because I was like, oh, shit, we're 30-some minutes in. I was like, they haven't really I done haven't the fight prep anything. or something. I was like, I was like, okay, somebody's going to get done soon. And I said today, I was like, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't think that they can help that. Just the fight is yeah. what it is. But um, Amy Kaplan actually is in there, and it, I know she watches a ton of reality TV, and she's like, well, that's not necessarily true. There's other stuff. But I'm sure they think that most viewers are there to watch the fight, and then when the fight's off, they turn it off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, like – if you put the fight earlier in so that it tricked the viewers so the viewer didn't know that it was only going to be a short fight, would you then turn off or would you stick around if they put like some other stuff around after? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't stick around. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't stick around either. I probably wouldn't stick around. I mean, like if you want to just watch the fight and then it be done, then you watch the Contender Series. Yeah. The tough is about the whole setup, the whole story, the drama, the in-the-house stuff, the post stuff. Um, Because Contender Series, you don't see that post with the loser after mm-hmm. the fact. True. You know, like the fight's done, yeah, they yeah. go their way. You get to see the, uh, if anything, you see the winners back in the chairs waiting yep. to see if they get a contract. But that's, you don't see the loser. That's so true. That's so wild. So after this one, that. you actually get to see the emotions it's of the winner going back, too, and man. then you get to see, yeah, it was I felt really man. bad for him. I mean, like, and I th- but I thought that was so cool, just to the teammates and what they were saying to him. You're going to learn from it, all this other sort of shit. You don't get that in the other one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, then yeah, you stick with it after the after the fight. But um, yeah, I mean, but that's I think just us as people as smart viewers 
will pay attention to that sort of stuff and they'll look at it. It's the goal of the show to keep you intrigued so much that you're not paying, you don't care that the fight hasn't happened. Right. And then all of a sudden the fight's there, you know, like if you're sitting around thinking like, oh man, when's the fight going to start? That means you're bored, you know, and it's tough on them because if, if the fight is only, you know, however many seconds it went or whatever, that's a lot of extra filler that they had to kind of build up and do, you True. know, and uh, that's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough uh, task to keep people intrigued into it. But I thought it was decent. I thought it was decent, but I thought the fight was good. I mean, um, Roosevelt, well, good. I mean, he, if, if, if he, the guy wanted to let him take a couple more shots, wouldn't have changed anything. Like he was out. I mean, yeah. he laid out flat, but yeah, I could yeah. see he just came to and he was like, Oh, I was fine. Why'd you stop? And it was like, bro, you could have ate easy. Yeah, his four hands more were shots. Like down in a yeah, way. He went flat and his head, his head went back and you know, he was definitely out, but I could see where, um, some people may be like, oh, you know, that was a bit early, and I know he was contesting. But I think if he – once he saw the probably the replay, I mean, he understood, and he yeah. knows or whatever. But you still feel heartfelt, you know, really bad because he was talking about his family and it would show that nice package of him and his family. And then – And then you just get there and you're uh, the first one out. And and you don't even barely out, get to fight. Barely even get to show anything, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's tough. But, I mean, that's the difference. That's the difference of that in the contenders. Contenders, you get that – quick little glossy package of them working in the the gym and then get a couple of little sound bites and that's it this one you actually get to see the fighters thing and that's what dana was always proud about before is that you're actually learning about these characters you're learning about these these fighters and that's where some of these people have a good chance to maybe get asked back again of people like them contenders yeah you, you have that chance to, to have a great performance then people are coming asking you because your performance this one even though the guy got out really quickly i mean people might still be like hey, i like that guy's story let's give yeah. him another shot you it's know true. so there's still something to be said about that but um, and you are still if you if you have your mind right you are still getting all that training you know yeah. what i mean like you're still it's like hey now okay yeah you're disappointed as hell but if you can get yourself emotionally past that you're still going to get to work with elite level coaches, yep. elite level fighters, you know, and you can gain a lot during that time. We have heard yep. people that said that, like, hey, they gained a lot afterwards. It's just yep. you got to get over the depression. You got to get over, like, hopefully you don't go down a binge drinking for a while. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, just party the rest of the rest of the time. Right. Because I mean, I think what we've seen out of you know with contender series and with anything else, I mean, like, just because you lose that fight and you don't get the contract or whatever, doesn't mean your opportunity's done. No. Like, you're still right there in the face of everybody. And if you look great the rest of the time and you have the coaches that remember stuff and the UFC remembers that you're doing whatever and you're doing the work and you're soaking all up, you're going to get a call yep. again. Like, all these prospects and all the vets that lose, just it, it doesn't mean that their time is done. Do they maybe get, like, a multi-deal, you know, contract? No. But does that mean that maybe they get picked up on a short notice or they get picked up in the future? Probably. Sure. You know, so yeah. worth checking out. If you listen, if, I'm, if I'm into it. I'm if you're somebody that's it. been out of an Ultimate Fighter for a long time, yeah. like ah, I haven't watched since Kimbo and all. You know what I mean? Like it's it's worth checking out. I think. Um, that, boy, that was a big personality right there. That was a big one, man. <laughs> Still the biggest one. That was crazy, man. I'm thinking back to that scene now. We're like, oh, we got one more guy, and they bring him in, and everybody's just like, oh, <laughs> like oh, that was a time, man. The run of Kimbo, man. Much much love. You talk to anybody behind the scenes, man. That dude had a heart of gold, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, listen, uh, I did want to ask you, too, about this PFL situation, man. Ten fighters now have tested positive out of their three-fight run here in Las Vegas. And, you know, I don't know that there's many conclusions to be drawn about the organization itself. 
Um, it concerns me a little bit with that many fighters that maybe, you know, they thought, oh, well, we're in Nevada. They don't really test. Uh, you know, they weren't used to the fact that Nevada still tests, you know, kind of in the same way that USADA does and, and that kind of strength. But, boy, it's, it's interesting because 10 athletes – now, it is worth noting that's out of three shows, not one show. It was a three-fight series. Yeah. It is still a hell of a lot of guys to test positive. It is still a lot of names to replace. Um, you know, you've had some that, 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 that are bigger than others. I would say that I don't know that it was any of, like, the promotion's biggest stars where it could have a big impact. I mean, I think that's the whole thing that a lot of people have said is that, you know, they don't really have the big names yet. They're working on it. They're deepening their roster. But I don't think there's anybody that, like, you know, it's not like Francis Ngannou came in and was all scheduled for his first fight and he tested positive and now he's out for two years. You know right. what I mean? It's They basically just had to get some other names before the part of their season. And maybe – Maybe that's even a benefit of the PFL situation is because guess what? Somebody's still going to progress to be champion. Somebody's still going to win a million dollars. Somebody is going to become the face of this season, maybe not the face of the company. But, you know, there's still an opportunity for, for names that you didn't know to step forward and for them to have their miraculous run to the top. Um, so maybe in some ways the PFL is set up better to deal with this than most organizations are. But gosh darn it, man, for the timing of the organization, for all that they're trying to do right now and all the public – Put you know, uh, you know, publicity and and positives that they're gaining. Boy, it just seems like a bad time to have ten different people testing positive, and especially your last one, the last one that you know just found Wilkinson was yep, last that was the bigger champ. one. Yeah, like, that's the that's, that's, that's kind of the biggest one right there. You know? Where you go, ooh. I mean, I certainly, if there's anything that PFL needs to look at. I mean, I certainly don't fault like the PFL is trying to do anything shady or whatever, or do anything. One, it's always it's still the onus lies on the fighters yeah, themselves. Can't blame them. You know, can't I blame mean, the like, organization. Yeah, it's not like the organization. Like here, here, sign this paper. We're gonna fly out here. And oh, by the way, will you take these rugs? You know, will you will you enhance yourself? Um, if anything, it just does point a light to where maybe there is a part where if this is gonna be something where they're gonna fight in areas that unfortunately for them they test, um, maybe they do need to step up like things like what you saw and those guys are doing and where you're testing these people when they're out of competition. Unfortunately for this, it seems like they're only testing them when they're in competition. And these guys are either that bad at what they were trying to do that they just didn't even think that they would try to skate around well, the situation, you know? And like, I hate to say it, but if you remember before the USADA program was put in place, you know, that's what they used to call the fight night test is an IQ test. Yeah. Like, bro, you know what I mean? Like, okay, <laughs> You could have cycled off. You could have gotten. Yeah. You know. You could have not done this. You could have done that. And and again, I'm not trying to insult those athletes. Like, I can only imagine if you know you're trying to make money off of your physical prowess, you're gonna do everything you can to help enhance yourself into the most way to make that money. That's just the reality yeah. of the situation. Everybody's gonna try. Are, you, are we gonna pretend that nobody in the UFC is trying to skirt around USADA or, yeah. or, or or has found a way to skirt around USADA? Of course not. So I'm not trying to look at this as some kind of character flaw or person like these people are bad. Yeah. But it's true, man. Like it's a fight night test and, and, and again that's what the experts used to refer to it as. It's an IQ test because yeah. it's a fight night test. But I mean, do you think this does any damage to the promotion itself or do you think maybe the way they're structured they're they're that's easier able thing. to move past this than most. That I can see where, uh, you know, it, but it's just tough. I mean, I, I guess if there's a, I'm glad it happened early on and it was like a regular season, you know, where they could actually try to swap people in. I mean, if it was like in the finale or the finals or something like that and you're losing half your competitors or something. That could be big. Then you're screwed. Then you almost have to like, okay, do we scrap the season? Do we have to just bring people back in and say, hey, 
short notice, whatever. I mean, it's tough, especially, I mean, it's tough in the sense of like you go into the season with only select people participating in the season. Right. And then if you start having them drop out because of other reasons, depending on when it happens, it's not like you could just cycle in and say, hey, I know you were in this season before and then you didn't get it and I, we're going to call you up and I know you haven't been training or whatever. Like so you can't just swap people back in, especially, I mean, just because of the stru- way the structure. I mean, and then at that point, it's like, do you just scrap the season just call it a regular year you know right. and then maybe tally next year we're going to do two million dollars or whatever you know it's just unfortunate because the, the you know the people that are doing it the right way you know for them to be affected should something catastrophic happen where you know they're losing a lot of the actual people that are in the finals or that that are leading the season um i can't remember how wilkinson did wilkinson get an early finish i can't remember if he got like six points that night i know he got uh i can't remember but I think one of, I felt like he was in a really, really good spot. But you're right. I mean, I guess, yes, does it make sense that they could just swap somebody in? Um, yeah, but in the same sense uh, – oh, no, that was – I was looking at the, the Wilkinson thing, but that was showing stats for his last season. Um, I don't know. It, but for me personally, and maybe it's because I actually like the people at PFL um, – I, it's not like I, I don't blame the PFL. I think if they need to look at something, they need to realize, well, what can we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And maybe that is a fact of testing fighters a decent bit in advance. Like maybe like, hey, if we're going to – we have a contract, we want you to fight in this thing. Obviously, if it's a short notice fight, you can't do it. But if you have a fight and you say it's six months out, four months out – Decision of, win over Mahetta, by the way, in his first It was a decision. So, yeah, decision. so you got what, so three points. Three points. But still. Um, still, three points. I mean, there were there were decent. I mean, there was actually actually that night that I was there. Um, there were quite a few, like, early finishes. So there were a lot of Sixers that night. But maybe it's the fact of, you know, you don't get a contract signing without a, you know, negative test. Maybe you, that was already a thing. But if it isn't, it seems like early and easy enough thing. It's like, okay, you know, we if we want to put marketing into behind you or whatever – Let's make sure you're pissing clean right now and at least maybe set it in their mind like, hey, by the way, tests are going to happen. I would think all the fighters seeing what happened right now and, and the, the ramifications, should, should be an it's going to be an eye-opener. It's going to be a big eye-opener where it's like if you haven't stopped by now, you got to stop or, or you know, <laughs> get better. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> so we've heard like saying. like we've heard from others, you know, like Nate, you asked Nate and, and them, and like everybody's doing All it. All of them are on steroids. All of them are on steroids, you know, but, uh, you know, pass the IQ test. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't fault uh, PFL. And, then, I mean, I think, if anything, they, they need to step up the amount of testing that they're doing just to, to make fighters aware of it. But um, I don't know. I think it could be. I'm just glad that this is happening earlier on and not that, hey, you know, the season's over and we're going into the finals and you just lost, you know, some of your front runners. Could be some real problems. That would be some real that – would, that would be some bad, bad shit. Um, but, yeah, maybe that's the kind of thing they need to work out some contingency plans. Just how do you how do you deal with the se- uh, season should <laughs> everything go to shit? Um, but, yeah, but that's just crazy. That's a huge amount of uh, fighters – to pop, you know, through a short run of um, three events, a short run of fights. Yep. Like you was, said, what, I, don't, weeks, I don't fault the organization, but that's 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 crazy, man. So we'll we'll keep on uh, keep track of this, of course. All right, this week it is UFC on ESPN 45. A little bit later, start in the afternoon, I believe. Uh, 
6 p.m. Uh, Eastern for the prelims and 9 so p.m. Eastern for the, the main card. Um, a, a full schedule of bouts as well. I believe uh, 13 matchups this week uh, on ESPN and ESPN Plus from the USC Apex. The main event, Kai Car France versus Amir Albazi. We had a chance to talk to them earlier today at Media Day. It's interesting. It took a look, the odds on this one because I was, I was kind of really interested to see what the odds makers are saying about this one. And they've got it kind of the way I do in my head, which is which is a pick 'em, man. I'm really interested in this, right? I mean, Kai Car France has definitely faced the better competition along the way. He is coming off a loss, but it was a loss to Brandon Moreno. Not a bad not a bad person to come up short against. Uh, did have to withdraw from a fight. It was a back injury. He said, "Look, uh, it, there there was no like you had to talk me out of fighting. Like I couldn't even get out of bed. So there was no way that I was going to be able to compete." Um, and now he's back and says, look, I want to prove to the world that, you know, I'm, I'm still one of their – I'm right there at the top. I'm one of the best. And, you know, he did say – I'm not saying this is necessarily a number one contender fight for me, but I want to prove that I'm still there among the elite and then I'll be around. Meanwhile, you have Amir Albazi, who I like Amir Albazi in terms of his attitude. I like him in terms yep. of his game. He's got a great record. Um, I actually talked to Dewey Cooper uh, earlier this morning, and he was saying just how Amir is really peaking and, and, and really just you know firing all cylinders right now. Um, and, and you know this is a big opportunity for him. But it's weird because Amir hasn't had the matchups yet. That, At least that, the big names. Not the big names yeah. yet, but it's wild because you look and you know he was scheduled to fight uh, Brandon Royval. He yep. was scheduled to fight Alex Perez. He was yep. scheduled to fight Tim Elliott. He was scheduled to fight Ode Osborne. He, he got the rescheduled Zaga Samuelov. He was scheduled to fight Haile Mpaev. I mean. He's had so many fights fall apart along the way that it's not that he hasn't been willing to fight these big names. It's not that he hasn't been uh, ready to fight these big names, but he hasn't yet. So it's this real kind of uh, proof. Uh, you know, you always worry, am I, am, I, am I putting too much stock on a guy that hasn't actually reached that level yet, or is this just his opportunity to prove to the world that he is at that level and, and Kaikar France is just going to be the name that stands in his way? So um, – I'm intrigued by this fight, man. I really am. And, and, and again, the odds makers have that about a pick em, And I can't disagree, man. It seems like yeah. a pick em kind of fight to me. It's going to be it's gonna be great. I mean, it's tough. I mean, uh, it'd be interesting to see how Kaikara kind of bounces back <clears throat> in this one. I think a lot of staff, and I think I did, I think I picked Abazi in this one. Yeah. And I think partially. I would have. I, I mean, he's just, I mean, dude's a stud, man. And, like, when he gets in there, and I just think that, uh, I just think his size, I mean, even though they're both in the same weight class, if I remember right, he just fills out big by the yeah. time it's fight night. Yes, I think when we, when we see him across from each other, I think he's going to look like the bigger dude. Um, he's just fast. He's just powerful. And, I mean, maybe I put too much stock in when somebody's coming, you know, back after a loss, you know, that it lingers in their mind and stuff. Um I mean, Car France. He comes from a great team. He's he's around winners. He's saying the right things. Uh, I think just initially, um, I was kind of just handicapping him, him from that that loss that he's coming sure. off of. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's gonna be I think it's be a fun fight. I think it's be an interesting fight. Um, I think it has the potential to finish early, but also both these guys are studs. I could see them dragging it out. Um, but yeah, my initial lean, I, I leaned, uh, I leaned Abazi on it. But I could see where someone could be a pick'em, and I think it partially is because of the names. It's the name factor. I, I mean, because clearly Car France, the names on his resume um, have been the bigger sort of names that he's actually got into. But yeah, when you just read that list, 
that was a list of studs that yeah. just didn't show just up. Didn't happen. And yep. half of them all they withdrew. They withdrew. Yep. It was either injuries or they backed out. I mean, Albazi backed yeah, out. Not of saying one anybody's of them. scared of anybody yeah. or anybody. But I mean, he. If I remember it, he was bitching because he was oh, like, yeah. I can't find anybody to actually get in there with him. You know, so. I like what he was saying. I mean, in his mind, he sees this as a contender fight. That's right. He I mean, said, look, I'm, I'm waiting for the winner of Moreno and Petosia, and that's just that. And I was like, have, have you talked to anybody about that? He's like, brother, I didn't have to talk to nobody. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you right now, this is the number one contender fight. So, I mean, I can't really fault him for it. No. Nope. I mean, when you look at the names that, you know, who Carl France has just been in there with, it's like, okay, yeah, I mean – he was the contender. He was the guy that was up there for it. So it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, and you look at – I mean, right now, if you look at the official USC rankings, uh, obviously you've got uh, Brandon Moreno as the reigning champion facing Pantoja, who's number two. Devison Figueredo is number one. But by all accounts, it looks like he's going to move up to bantamweight. Yeah. I know there was some talk about, no, maybe he'll stake 25, but I keep hearing that the next fight will be at bantamweight. Uh, and he wants to do that move too. I yeah, mean, like that, it was that his cut is killing bad yeah um kai car france is number three so you'd have albazi taking that you know um royval might be the only one that might be a little frustrated in there but um there's some big names that they're at the top so looking yeah. forward to this one uh co-main event bruce leroy is back alice caceres against daniel pineda uh t- looks to me like a fun fight on paper man it's, it's crazy you know we were joking today with alice caceres he's kind of like a, a veteran of the game now a senior spokesman uh, in the UFC, <laughs> so I mean, as, as wild as that is to say, but, I mean, 15-11 and 11 in the UFC with one no contest. He's been on the roster uh, since way back in the day. His season, the Ultimate Fighter was in 2010, so he's now 13 years. It's it's pretty incredible. And then and then you got Daniel Pineda, who um, actually has more fights overall. You know, Pineda has kind of been around the game a little bit. He's had some, uh, you know, opportunities inside the UFC, outside the UFC, was on the Ultimate Fighter, was in the UFC, uh, then had to go back on the regional circuit, you know, fought for Bellator a little bit, fought for PFL, yeah. had that whole weird situation, battled his way back. Uh, so, I mean, this guy has been through everything. He's a little bit up there. He's a little bit older than, than Caceres. Um, but the dude is all action, man. I think um, it's crazy. Like, out of his 28 wins, uh, all 28 are finishes, which is just insane when you look at it. Yeah, that's um, crazy. It's nuts. Um on paper, this looks like it should be a, a really, really good fight. And both of them, you know, even though they're kind of in their 30s or whatever, they both kind of said, hey, man, we're we're feeling that we're, we're getting into our own right now. Caceres, um, a favorite, and, and I wouldn't disagree with that. I think Caceres' jiu-jitsu is a little slicker. I think um, he's a little bit uh, faster, a little bit more elusive on the feet. But Pineda finishes fights, man. He finds a way to, to finish fights. He's got, He packs some power. Um, you know, he's got some grappling as well. So, I don't know. This, this fight looks like it, it should be fun. And uh, you had – Pineda, who looked like he was uh, in a phenomenal mood, man. Not only yeah. did not only did he have a win ten weeks ago, uh, which was his first one in a couple of years, so that was massive for him. Um, but then also got a brand new UFC contract out of it as well, one that he said feels pays him his worth, makes him happy. Um, so he seems like he's ready. Meanwhile, Caceres, you know, he says, "Look, I'm, I'm I still I feel like I'm just now hitting my prime." So which this could crazy. be fun. It's crazy because <laughs> there was a point when he was saying that I was like. You kind of believe it because he believes it wholeheartedly. And you're like, because you look up there at him and he still <laughs> looks like this young kid. And it's funny because he was talking about how his facial hair maybe gave him a little bit more confidence because his facial hair was coming in better. And he's like, it's like, I felt like I just hit puberty or whatever. So funny. I was like, bro, I felt like we watched you go through puberty. We did. Up there. <laughs> we basically did. 
Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, this fight should be good, man. I had no idea the stats on Pineda, like all those were finishes. Like when it just scrolled down his record, it's literally nuts, man. That is just bonkers. Um, man, Alex, is he's crazy, man. He's got those weird sort of odd uh, approaches to his striking and just kind of comes at different crazy angles. But, man, he's so dangerous on the ground. Um, that Yeah, man. Wow, it's really, really tough. I can't remember who I picked on this one. I don't know if I leaned on Pineda, but man, when I see Caceres, man, it's like I always feel bad if I don't pick. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking maybe I did pick him. Um, but yeah, I mean, both guys saying the right things, but um, both of them looked in great shape today as well. So I, you could easily say both these guys are still sort of in the prime. Um, but when you look at those numbers of fights, it's like, wow. It's insane, man. It really is insane. Caceres yeah. uh, still number 15 right now, so he's kind of protecting his ranking. We'll see if Pineda, if he can get the upset uh, and maybe take that ranking from him. We'll find out. Uh, next mount up was Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Uh, Jim Miller, of course, man, we've made our feelings well known on Jim Miller, an absolute stud. Um, definitely going to fight at UFC 300. I don't even see why people keep asking that. Like, do you think he'll fight at UFC 300? Like, he's been talking about yeah. it for a couple of years now. Like, it's yes, right he's going around the to. corner. It's so funny because I, I, I remember having those conversations and we were doing the math, and I was like, oh, it's like two and a half years from now, or maybe it was like three years at the time. I was like, yeah, that's if you just space out your fights, that's like eight fights. Yep. And I'm like, Holy cow, it's, it's, next year. it's literally next year. It's next year. I mean, he can, like somebody pointed out, or maybe it was you, it was like, he could fight this one. He could fight at the end of the year if he if he feels good, if he wants to, fight at the end of the year, and then that's it. Then you just wait for 300. You recover and just train next year, and then you just wait, because that should be mid-year. Maybe around May, maybe June. No later than, it's going to be done before International Fight Week. The way they've been doing, they did from September, I was trying to look at the UFC schedule, I want to say from September until like October, November this year, they put on like six pay-per-views. Yeah. Something ridiculous. So it's like, they can do six pay-per-views in, in a span of three months, like, bro, that's maybe May or mm -hmm. something. It's just nuts. Cause they're, so they're going to be at 294 is what, I think they said November. Right. Who knows what they're going to do for December. Right. You know, if they're going to try oh. to squeeze in UFC 295 before the end of the year, then, then you only need five pay-per-views. That literally that, could be. Jump back in that pool, baby. Jump back in that pool. You know? <laughs> Get that fight done. Unreal. Uh, I was joking today. It's going to be funny if, uh, if if somehow Brock Lesnar comes back at UFC 300 <laughs> and ruins that for Jim Miller. I've been like, you got the company guy that's got the most appearances in UFC history. Then you got... Brock Lesnar, who comes in and does 100, 200, 300 as well, which I think would be – I don't think that's going to happen. Did he even – I'm trying to remember – How big of a pop did he even have at, like, two – Not 200? as much. It didn't. No. It really it did, It really didn't. And it's funny, like, uh, not that I watch a lot of wrestling, but when I see him on the wrestling stuff now, I don't even – he doesn't even do a big pop, I don't think, anymore. Really? He's getting old. He's getting old. He's just getting old. But, man, wrestling brings all kinds of old-ass people back from the – back from the fucking – closet out like some, who's one of the guys I saw recently I can't remember their names um not grave digger or something grave digger that's a monster that's a truck, monster truck. <laughs> undertaker a, maybe undertaker maybe undertaker. and there's somebody else I was just like he's still alive <laughs> I was like they're just bringing him but yeah when I see Brock I mean obviously Brock is still a big dude but He's not anywhere near like being the even the biggest dude in the in the the big wrestling now. Now right. they got ginormous young dudes. Um, just Brock's not the same anymore. Nah, he's just not the same. It, 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 I don't think it would happen, but it would be just the irony of it would, would laugh a little bit. Uh, Jared Gordon, of course. I will say, look, Jared Gordon, 
talked about it pretty openly. I'll be honest with you. Um, I saw a lot of people concerned. Hey, is this turnaround a little quick? I mean, you know, yes, that was a no contest uh, against Bobby Green, but you, you were kind of flash knocked out for a little bit. And he said, look, I had minor symptoms of a concussion. I moved on. Uh, I recovered from the symptoms quickly. I got a new contract out of this. I'm, I'm taking a little chance. So that stuff always worries me a little bit, a little bit too fast of a turnaround maybe. We'll see. But Jared oh, talked about it openly. He didn't try to deflect and been like, oh, no, no. I mean, he did say, hey, I'm, I'm aware of it. I understand the concern, but um, I think I'm good to go. So I guess we'll find out on the night. And, too, I mean, like it, it goes to their training, too. A lot of these guys are training a lot smarter. You know, yes, it is a quick turnaround, what, less than two months or whatever, but – if he's not doing any crazy hard sparring, which some people might think that's kind of crazy if you want to be able to take some shots, but if he's doing it the right way and he's training himself, maybe he hasn't been taking any other real shots, so maybe his head is cleared yeah. up. You know? No, I agree. If you're doing it, if you're recovering it the right way, don't go back into it. And then, of course, we got to see the return of Tim Elliott, uh, at least to the, the media room today. He'll return to the cage on Saturday against Victor Altamirano. Uh, first of all, I, I think that might have been the first time I've ever, ever spoken to Victor Altamirano. Um, can't remember, but uh, man, what a well-spoken guy and enthusiastic and, and embracing the challenge of the moment and all that. that. Smiled 24-7. Yeah. The smile's never gone. Loved it, man. I think he was our first one today. Just really set the tone for a positive day. Um, and then Tim Elliott was the one that wrapped it up. And and I just got to say, man, uh, I thought Tim, Hel- Tim Elliott handled everything uh, with the utmost of class, and it sounds like he's in a good place now. Yeah. We've all publicly seen – what he had to go through in terms of, you know, the divorce and the, the, the cheating that happened and the frustration. And, you know, obviously he had to move gyms as well because of, um, of course, yeah, there were some other gyms. And it was, you know, he talked about it too. Like, you no, know, there were other gyms uh, besides Glory that I could have competed at in Kansas City, but I just had to get out of the environment, man. All yeah. the same people, all the same. Because they could have easily walked into those gyms as well. Yep. I mean, it's all mutual friends and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that's tough. But you definitely could see where there was uh, – you know, and when he came out and said what he did, I know a lot of people are like, why would you even do this? And I said, you know, well, one, and he even made a point to talk about today, it wasn't about just coming out and trying to hurt somebody else, but he needed it for his own healing to kind of clear things off of his own chest and kind of help him. And ultimately, at that point where he's saying something and he's coming from a, a right place in that sense where he's he needs the healing for himself, who are we to say, bro, why did you, why did you do that? Why did you air that out? He needed to do what he needed to do, so good for him. I mean, he came in, he he had he addressed the situation, um, he answered all the questions, and he yep. I mean, he could have, if he wanted to really be low and dirty about, it, he could have easily um, just went low ball today. Oh. But he didn't name either one of the parties oh. today. You know, said my ex-wife, said my you know former friend or whatever training partner. Um, he kept it clean. You know, I thought he he did the right thing, and he even said that he still loves her. I didn't. I missed that he part. He said he still loves her. Man. Sucker. Yeah. No, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> so wrong. Yeah. He, but he said he said I do still love her, but I cannot have her as part of my life, and I cannot be part of hers. Oh, I, did, I missed that part. But yeah. well, that's well, that's honorable. From I mean, I mean, I think everybody. I think every guy that has met Tim, you know, and has loved Tim and liked him, um, was heartbroken for him. I was absolutely oh. gutted for him. Um, and I actually, I mean, I like. Uh, Gina, I I have liked her. I've thought that she was always a very nice person, man. But it was hard for me to not like uh, have my uh, perception of what I think of her as a person change. You know, yeah. I try to stay separate from that sort of stuff. I it's hard because we it. really know all the parties involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've I've talked to Kevin a couple times lately in his BKFC run. We saw Gina here for years in Vegas, yeah. and who knows? We don't know the whole story of what happened, but yeah. 
it doesn't sound good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, shit happens. I mean, like, people fall out of love. People happen. You know, the stuff happens. It just, you just wish that things could have been done a little bit differently. And I think it's just when you put yourself into the footstep, into the shoes of what Tim went through, I mean, I think anybody that's ever been cheated on in their past, it it brings feelings out and you just, you feel that sense of dread and, and pain for them and bit of rage. And it's just like, ugh. So I'm glad that he was able to get out what he needed to say because when he came in today, he was able to smile, was able to talk about it, and he said he wanted to do it. He wanted to – he felt that he wasn't looking like the dad that he wanted to be. By what he was putting himself through, he wasn't being the best dad because it was – the choices that he was making was hindering him for that. And so he needed to correct that. And who are we to say, bro – don't do what you need to set your mind right to take care of your kid. And if you're feeling that you're not doing something just because we're like, oh, why didn't you keep that silent? Why didn't you just live with that? That's that's that it, happens way too yeah, much. Because in, it was easier for him to people. get it out in the open and not yeah. have to sit on it and hold on. Yeah. He even said that, like, people were asking about it. And he was making up lies to cover yeah, for them. And it's like, man. nah, man. You Humans don't do, do that. some crazy shit. They do, man. <laughs> but he seems like his head's in a good place now. He's in yeah. the Dallas area with Chris Brennan. Um, people might not know Chris Brennan, but old school. Uh, he actually competed in a tournament. You know, talked about recently. It was the 25-year anniversary of the first UFC <coughs> I ever went to, which was UFC 16 way back in 1998. He competed uh, that night. Uh, it was uh, in a tournament that night. He ended up competing against uh, Pat Miletic, who he had fought a couple other times as well. If you look at his career, he fought in King of the Cage. He fought in King of the Cage 1 with Joe Stevenson back in 99, which is crazy. Antonio McKee at King of the Cage 3. Uh, so now you're seeing these second-generation guys went on to fight uh, John Alessio, Takanori Gomi, uh, Rob Emerson. He fought wow. in Pride as well. I mean, there's, so I mean, this guy was around in the early days, and uh, sounds like you know he's he's living with Chris Brennan right now, and is, is hoping to you know take the money from this fight. And, uh, and buy a house in the Dallas area and stay there as part of his camp. And, you know, touching for me as a dad, you know, he said he felt bad because his, his kid, I think he says about eight years old and, and, and knows that she's in school. And now he's going to have to uproot her, which he'd already uprooted yeah. her before from Vegas to Kansas. And now he's like, you know, do, you know, do, do you want to stay here with your friends or, or do you want to go, you know, somewhere else? And, and uh, pretty cool that he said that she right away was like, wherever you go, daddy, like that's where I want to go. And, yeah. you know, that obviously that touches your heart as a, as a parent. So, um, yeah, rough rough situation for Tim, but it does sound like he came out of it better the other side. We'll see how that translates on Saturday night. Obviously, he wants to go in there and get the win, but um, a big one for him, to say the least. So. It's funny. When when he first said Chris Brennan, for some reason in my head, I heard Charlie Brennan. <laughs> it was yeah, another yeah, old yeah, school, yeah. But, but I was like, no, that's not Different it. old school guy. Different old school guy. Different old school Charlie guy. Charlie great, great fucking afro hair, man. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Karine Silva, Ketlin Souza in the uh, in the women's flyweight division there. Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov, and LSU Zaleski Dos Santos in the welterweight division. That is your main card. Uh, listen, some notable names on the prelims for sure. Daniel Santos and Johnny Munoz could be a very good fight. Andre Alosky's back. You're giving all the praise to Jim Miller, of course. Um, but Andre Alosky, one of the uh, uber veterans of the sport, to say the least, against Dontel Mays. Uh, John Castaneda is in against Moya Gafarov, who stepped in late. Mohamed Naimov stepped in late against Jamie Malarkey. I was actually excited to see Naimov. Mohamed Naimov, I called his last fight at Tough Enough. And it was the one that was uh, at the Sahara. And it was so great because he, he ends up getting this quick knockout. Mm-hmm. And I always say this is so cool, man, because, you know, you see all these people that are literally like, 
you know, hey, Sean Shelby, Dana White, give me a call. But we were at the Sahara Las Vegas and the VIP section where, like, Sean Shelby and, you know, some of the UFC staff was, was actually on an elevated stage next to the cage. We were originally supposed to be outdoors. This was in March. It was supposed to be out by the pool. But if you remember, unseasonably cold in March. So, like, on two days' notice, we had to move this thing indoors. So we end up in the same venue uh, where the World MMA Awards are, but now we got a big cage in there. And, um, you know, thank you to the people of Sahara that, that, that made this all happen on short notice. But the VIP section was elevated. It was even with the cage. And it couldn't have been more than about five feet away. And Muhammad has like a 50-second knockout. And he literally looks over at Sean Shelby and is yelling straight at him. Not be like, hey, Sean Shelby, please give me a call. It's like, Sean Shelby, <laughs> I got all these followers. Look at what I'm doing out here. You give me a call. And, you know, he was going at him. And I was like, man, that's how you take advantage yeah. of your time on the mic. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, he gets the call. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. I'm glad to see it all come together because I, I love that like, you're not just, you know, Doing it, speaking into a camera, and hoping that the dude's sitting at home watching and listening. You're like, you're yelling straight in his right, face. Straight in his face. Yeah, I'm sure Sean <laughs> didn't forget that one. Well, that's cool, and and it's funny because I think a lot of people, even the malarkey, I think sometimes people overlook oh, him. He, he's scrap. tough. He's tough as nails. But I think a lot of people in our our staff picks actually did pick name name of. He's got yeah. some skills to say at least, but Malarkey, man. But yeah. yeah, Malarkey, I'm looking at the odds on that one. A big dog. But the, Malarkey yeah. is? Yeah. Count, yeah. count that guy at your own risk as well, though, man. That dude. Yeah, uh, he's got a lot of heart. Really he's got does. a lot of heart. The, uh, the, the split decision win over Michael Johnson, which I know was a close one, and I think a lot of people felt it went the other way. But yeah. regardless, it was a scrap. But it was so funny. Uh, fight of the night that night back in, in last July, so almost a year ago. And it was funny because the next morning – uh, the next Sunday morning, my my wife and kid took me to go see Top Gun at uh, at Red Rock Theater. So we went and saw the Top Gun movie, walked out, and went to go get like a little snack or something in the food court. And I saw some in UFC gear, and it, it, I was looked over and I was like, "Oh, look, it's Jamie Malarkey." You know, he had been through that battle or whatever. So I went to go talk to him. I was like, "Bro, just want to say, man, amazing fight last night." Just you know. He was sitting by himself, didn't have his team or anything, so I just wanted to go, you know, give some – I was like, um, get some sleep. Like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just getting home from the hospital. And I was oh, like, shit. oh, God, like, I already went home, had a few beers, had a, you know, got some sleep, got up and watched Top Gun, hanging out with the family, and he's like, yeah, I'm a – he's like, I just got back from the hospital, and I'm, I'm checking out and heading to the hospital and flying back to Australia. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah this so life you is be a fighter. <laughs> this life is crazy, man, so – uh, anyway, looking forward to that. It'll all play out uh, on Saturday. And, of course, uh, we will have coverage of it. And if you are a fine supporter over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, uh, we'll get together after that and wrap up the evening with an and-a-half episode that you'll have exclusive access to over there. Other than that, it's summertime. We're starting to stretch now. What, what's the stat? 12, 13 straight weeks of USC events? Something like that. It's going to be crazy. Non-stop action. I got some. I got <laughs> you some look s- excited. I'm already feeling the dread <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know me. I, well, well, how many of those are you actually going to be at? Not 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, we've got a pretty exciting schedule coming up. So, uh, so yeah, I'm actually – I am fired up because this is start of run for me. So, I've got this this week. I'm going to Vancouver for the USC the following week. Uh, I will be in uh, – where am I going? We have a CFFC. Uh, that one's in Florida. Yeah, yeah, going to Florida the week after that for CFFC. Um, no, 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 take that back. Take that back. I'm sorry. Now I got the schedule right made. 
This week, Vegas. Next week, Vancouver. New Jersey, Atlantic City on the boardwalk the week oh. after that for CFFC. Then I will be in Canada for Fight League Atlantic, and then I will be back, and it will be, I think, that July 1st show with Sean Strickland in the main event, and uh, then yeah, yeah, UFC yeah. Fight Week. And then, the, and then after that, I have two consecutive weeks of CFFC. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun, man. I'm telling you, in the fall Busy schedule, boy. I'm telling you the fall schedule. We teased it a little bit on the broadcast the other night. I cannot wait until everything's official. You know how it is. You got to get got to get the ink signed on the contract yeah, and, yeah. and all that. But uh, once we get it all signed, I'm telling you the fall schedule is going to be crazy. I can't wait. So. Jeez. You might need some full-time people over there at the old MMA Underground. Ah, you know, you never know. <laughs> if you know anybody out there, you just let me know. I'll Take some applications. All right, listen, uh, I'm going to go run off. It's time, uh, as much MMA as I love talking about, now it's time for me to go enjoy my kid's soccer practice. School is over. He is hanging out during yes. the summertime, man. We get, I think he told me the other day it's like 62 days or something. He's already, like, he already knows exactly how many days he has until. So he's excited to get back? or he's, Well, he's no, he's excited to have the time away. He is yeah. excited to get back. He'll be in, in sixth grade, so it's kind of stepping up to, that's when it's yeah. middle school at that point. So he's excited about it, but. Uh, he is excited about the time off that he has away, and I'm excited to get to kick it with him a little bit. Very uh, cool. Lots of lots of busy things happening this summertime. So anyway, Good gonna stuff. rush off to that. Hope everybody's enjoying. The day. Uh, watch the end of Ted Lasso if you haven't watched that. All my shows are coming <laughs> to an end, but I I got up this. You know, it's funny. I got up this morning actually. Uh, and is it the final it. season? Is it like final season? It's oh, done. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling okay. you, man. All these shows that I like, they're like they're just gone. Like not the final <laughs> season. Like they're gone. Well. If you ever get into uh, South Korean shows, there's all kinds of <laughs> so much South Korean so rom-com, much Korean rom-com quality out there. Just log into your Netflix and you can let, check out the. <laughs> they have the Korean version of Ted Lasso. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> All right, we'll find some new television things to watch this summer. we got plenty of uh, mixed martial arts in the meantime, so hopefully everybody's enjoying their week. We'll see you on Saturday. In the meantime, thanks for listening.